This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Hi, this is Arjun. I have found winning is really fun, but winning big puts us all on the path to long-term sustainable wins. And that's where the real fun is. And to get there, it's my pleasure to bring to you guests who are leaders from different walks of life and from all over the world. Over the years, I have realized that each one of us are different and unique, which means our individual win paths has to be custom unique for each one of us. And that's the reason learning from leaders from every walk is incredibly important. Today, in that spirit, it's a pleasure to me personally to introduce to you a good friend of mine, an incredible leader, Eric Reifenberg. Eric has completely changed the definition of the concept of negotiation. Many a time, most of us, our first negotiation experience was a bad experience with a used car salesperson. Then once we got into the business world, we started learning a little bit about win-win, but just pause and wait. Eric will show you how he has taken it totally to a totally new level. And I just can't wait to hear from Eric. What Eric also has built and shown to all his clients, the negotiation is not a one-time thing. It needs training. It needs preparation. Then partners, he partners in that whole journey, and then he starts the cycle again. In his current role, Eric is the founder of the Negotiation Experience, a negotiation training company. He has led negotiations from the front line with some of the world's largest tech companies over 15 years. His team closed hundreds of millions of dollars worth of deals using structured preparation processes. So negotiation is a concept which most of us do not completely get it. What better to talk about it, learn from somebody who has redefined it and has been successful at a mega scale beyond big for the last 15 years. Eric, welcome. Thanks, Arjun. Appreciate that generous introduction. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely a lifetime of negotiations, but I'll tell you this, it's been a making a lot of mistakes along the way. And, uh, you know, to the point you made, getting properly trained made a huge difference for me. And uh, I was really learning by the School of Hard Knocks for a long time. So um, I'm fortunate to have been through a lot of negotiations and learned a lot. But um, yeah, it, it's been a process. It's been a journey. I didn't, you know, no one just comes out being a great negotiator. You got to learn. I love that. And to me, I think, you know, the concept that you talked about right away is about failures because I really feel that leaders are defined by eminent failure. How instead of defining those, you learn from them and go for bigger wins. 
So without teasing anyone anymore, I really want to go straight into asking you, how did you completely redefine or define negotiation? And yeah, I don't know that I've redefined negotiations in as much as I have my own definition from it. And of course, I have my own approach. But for me, negotiations is a process of getting beyond positions, not focusing on what people are telling us they want, but instead understanding why they want it, what's the significance, and then, you know, doing what you can to get them what they want and trading for it, not giving things away, but trading. So if you can really get to the essence of what someone wants and why they want it, you can find a way to trade. And this is going to set up that win-win for both parties. So help me understand a little more by what is trading. It's a very unique concept to me. Well, you know, too many negotiations, you know, what I found in my career, uh, and I've been mostly on the sales side, is that a lot of procurement organizations get really fixated on winning at any cost. And unfortunately, that cost is the relationship. It's that long-term business opportunity. And while they may do well in the short term, you know, they're not going to do well in the long term. And I see this with a lot of procurement clients as well. Uh, this is something that's pretty easy for salespeople to understand because they're, uh, you know, I would say coming from a position or a training or a personality of wanting to satisfy and work with, a, with their counterparty. Um, but, you know, the, the mistake I see happening with uh, salespeople is giving things away rather than trading. And the mistake I see with procurement is being too hard-nosed up front and not truly understanding how to uh, allow their counterparty to succeed so they can have that long-term sustained win because it's not, it's not all about things as like price, for example. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more to it in a business relationship. So to me, I'm going to push you a little bit there because a lot of people talk this, but to me, I think what you're talking about walking the talk like every person goes into a negotiation saying, I want win-win. Every sure. person talks about that. I put others first. Okay. But the thing that you talked about relationship. So can you just help me understand how does Eric define success in a negotiation and what are some steps? Yeah. To get there? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so I define success in the negotiations is when both sides are fully or as completely as possibly as possible satisfied. Mm -hmm. So when this happens, you know, you're on your way to developing that long-term relationship. So like I said, for me, that success is really about both sidings, both sides getting what they want or as close to fully satisfied as possible. Love that. So to me, Many a time, businesses feel that they lose money due to a bad negotiation or they feel we could have got more. It's like that feeling of dissatisfaction that is there. And yeah. you really set this up by talking about both sides need to be satisfied. What mm -hmm. should businesses do or not do to get to, as you're talking about, the state of satisfaction? Yeah, so this is a... It's gonna be a little bit of a long answer for me because I've got a couple ways to think about it. You know, first off, I'll start by saying I'm completely astonished by how ignored negotiations uh, training or the skill set is within corporations. 
you know, it, it just amazes me how much is being left on the table by not training your top commercial, whether it's on procurement or sales side, to negotiate well. Okay, so that, that's, I'll start there. So, you know, what they should be doing is invest in your people, train them. People aren't naturally great negotiators. A few people are, but we're talking about a small, small amount of people are naturally good negotiators. Um, so the biggest impact you can make is to train people to negotiate with some sort of a process. So I'll say that first. Uh, the other thing is, you know, prepare as a team, execute as a team. Uh, you got to eliminate that single point of failure in a negotiation. It's not best practice to negotiate on your own when you're in a corporation. You have colleagues that have different skill sets, different knowledge, and they fill in your blind spots. And they're going to allow you to get a much better deal because we get caught up in our biases. We get caught up in our emotions. We all have a lens that we look at the world through. So we're not, and not only that, we're involved in the negotiation we're talking, we're trading, and we can't pay attention to everything simultaneously. So negotiate as a team. The other thing I see is make sure you understand what your real value proposition is. A lot of times, and I, and I saw this in the last couple of years, training different companies where their employees didn't really buy into what the value proposition was of the company. And therefore they convinced themselves that they needed to start making needless, unnecessary concessions at the negotiating table because they didn't really believe in the value they were bringing. So they started discounting themselves. And then the last thing I'll share as far as dues is make sure you develop that alternative to reaching an agreement. Make sure you've got a backup plan because that's your true underlying power in a negotiation. And if you don't have that, you're gonna be more likely to make these unnecessary concessions. So those are the dues. But don'ts are pretty simple. Don't wing it. Prepare, train, prepare, don't wing your negotiations because, I mean, I did that a lot early in my career. I learned a lot along the way, but it was unnecessary. And then the other thing is don't bring your final decision makers to your negotiations. We all need to have an absentee negotiator, someone we need to go to a higher authority in order to get the deal done. This gives you room to remove yourself from the negotiation, take the emotions out and think it through. I love that. I love that. So I just want to go back to a very simple concept that you at the beginning talked about training. And as you were mentioning this, mm -hmm. what hit me hard was most of us are not trained by default to be negotiators. Right. We do it not every day. It becomes in the company's needs, let's say once every two years or once a year. Mm -hmm. But the success or failure there defines the brand forever. So when you train somebody who has never been trained before, if I went to a meeting, I would go there somewhat unsure, you know, somewhat even anxious to get a deal. So right. what kind of feelings will I have when I'm trained, when I walk into a meeting? Like what's the new Arjun feel like, look like when he walks in after training? Yeah, I mean, number one, you're going to have a game plan, right? So when you have a game plan, you've got some systematic way to go through that meeting and get the information you need to determine what you're going to trade and how you're going to trade it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if so we're talking about being prepared. 
Mm -hmm. If you're prepared, you're going to be a lot more relaxed. Mm -hmm. You're going to be more confident. We know what it feels like in a meeting to be more confident and relaxed. And when you're in that position, you're just going to get better results. We've, we've all had this experience, whether it was in school mm -hmm. or whether it was in a business setting, when we're well prepared, we're going to be more relaxed, more confident, and that just leads to better results. So that's how you're going to feel. Yeah. And to me, I think digressing totally to a totally different field, you know, learning from in golf from some of the top golfers, what I've learned is anytime I'm stressed, it shows on my two shoulders. And Gary Player had this most amazing statement is anytime you feel your shoulders are just somehow wanting a little more energy, he yeah. talked about breathe faster, walk slower, move slower, like move everything to slower motion. But I really think that as you're talking about it, you're just connecting it to a higher level of performance where without preparation, you are not at that calm phase to really deliver. Yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're trained and you're prepared, you have this opportunity to become unconsciously competent, like the golf example you were bringing up. You mm -hmm. practice enough at golf, uh, you're relaxed when you're playing, you're unconsciously competent. That's what we want in your negotiations. We don't want you searching for words and you know, processing everything in your brain real time and trying to figure out where the level is the pull. We want this to come off naturally. So what was the phrase again, unconsciously? Unconsciously competent. Competent, love that. And that's such an amazing state to be in, in life all the time, in any situation. Right. So Eric, that's you talked about, yeah. So Eric, you talked about relationships, which means that if you and I are negotiating, it's not only one time. So what's, what do you, you know, when you help brands, what's your secret when you help brands to get to the next level of sustained wins. So when I'm negotiating with you mm -hmm. goes on, or when I'm negotiating multiple times, like you're changing a mindset and a habit, how do you do that? Yeah, you know, just to start off, you know, some people don't want a win-win negotiation and, and that's okay as long as they're deliberate and clear about it, but they're not going to get the long-term benefits out of it. But for those who do want long-term gains, you know, it's really about becoming more empathetic with your counterparty. Mm -hmm. And as I said before, you know, sitting in their shoes and understanding what they want and why they want it and never forget you're negotiating with an individual, a person on the other side, even though they may be representing as an agent, a company, mm -hmm. you're still negotiating with the individual. So get in their shoes and help them find a way to win. It's going to pay off for you in a big way in the long term. Got it. So and you also talked about preparation and that gets you to my favorite phrase today is unconsciously competent. Give me a few steps that somebody needs to think of when they prepare. Uh, okay. So when you're preparing, as I've said a couple of times, like we, we need to understand what we want mm -hmm. and we didn't need to understand what our counterparty wants. We also need to understand what kind of a negotiation is this going to be? Mm -hmm. Are we dealing with someone who's going to be highly competitive and mm -hmm. only wants to win at your expense? And if that's true, then we need to build a game plan around that. So mm -hmm. we need to understand what our walkaway positions are. We need to understand what our alternatives to reaching agreement are. We need to understand where we're going to open up the negotiations in terms of our offer and how ambitious we want to be. Mm -hmm. 
And then on the other side, we can have a negotiation where we're building a long-term relationship, we're looking for a win-win situation, and we're going to collaborate because there's a lot at stake. Think about a company buying an ERP system for their organization. Mm -hmm. They have to collaborate. This is high stakes for the organization. They have to succeed. And when you do that, now we need to start thinking about what's important to your counterparty, counterparty and why, and then think about the sequence in which we trade those negotiables. Mm -hmm. So we want to get our negotiables satisfied early, our most important, and hold theirs off as long as possible so that we keep them interested and at the table. So those are just some ideas. Like I said, you've got negotiations that are going to be really competitive, and then you have negotiations that are going to be really collaborative. And based on understanding that up front, you can figure out what direction you should take as far as preparation. So before we go to a broader concept beyond negotiation, yeah. I just want to go back to where we started, where you talked about your definition. And somehow, I just want to go back to that based on all the concepts, everything you shared. Negotiation has this connotation of me getting little more, me twisting your arms. Like to me, this weekend when I was talking to a lawyer friend of mine, just to understand and prepare for that, and I should get some points for preparing. Yeah. He said, you know, he works in divorce, he's a divorce lawyer. Mm. He said that, you know, Arjun, this could be such an amazing lesson for people who are unfortunately, they're going through a divorce is there's something there which is bigger. So can you just take us one more time on your vision of what you want this whole concept of negotiation to be? which is bigger than business, something that all of us can use in life. Yeah, I mean, my specialty is absolutely not uh, negotiations around divorce or relationships. Uh, I wish I was great at that, but uh, it, it's really around the B2B context. So that's what I can speak to and add value to. Got it. And, uh, you know, it's been my experience in my career that uh, maintaining long-term relationships by mm -hmm. allowing counterparties to get what they need has been very beneficial to me and to my counterparties. Mm -hmm. And now I think that's, that's the higher level um, part of negotiations we're talking about, which is, you know, if you go in for the kill, if you try to get everything for yourself up front, it'll benefit you in the short term, but not in the long term, because then you're looking for new partners constantly and you don't know who you can trust. And, and that's a tough process. And a lot of us have been in that. And, you know, once you reach a certain stage in your career, you don't want to have to uh, start over with all your relationships because you burn bridges during negotiations. And Eric, you know, even though you are a B2B expert, there's something you said which added value to me outside B2B right away. And I want to thank you because I went through a divorce and things changed. The moment, what as you mentioned, the moment me and my ex, both of us realized that we will be partners forever because we are invested together in an entity which is our amazing, beautiful daughter. And the moment you found a common purpose, I really think it changed. It was no longer about me or her or you know either one of us. It was more, and I really think that the common purpose, the common, the partnership long-term, I really think that 
even though I totally understand professionally, that's where expertise is. But I feel for the rest of us, we will find amazing wisdom in your words. Yeah, it's a good point you bring up, Arjun. I hadn't thought about it like that, but you know, you're right. You've got a common purpose there uh, in your daughter. And uh, can you translate that to the B2B world? Sure. Depends on the type of business and you know what, what's at stake. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun. And today, my VIP guest is a negotiation expert who has completely changed or put a new definition, as Eric said, to the concept of negotiation. And he is delivering amazing high ROI to clients by helping them turn negotiations into a competitive advantage. And as we talked together, he has put in front of us that negotiation is a process. It needs preparation. You just can't wing it. He just helped us with some bigger concepts that trading instead of giving. And also he talked about how we should invest in people, train them, prepare them as a team, and then understand your true value proposition and believe it, and also have an alternate to reaching a negotiation because that gives you power. So Eric, as we evolve from here, we want to go to a section which I call one thought, one sentence. And here I just want to put in front of you a few different questions and I'm just broadening it to the business world because you have been a great leader in the bigger business world. So one is, what advice will you give to anyone in walk, any walk of life to be a successful leader? Yeah, well, I've been very fortunate in my career that I have worked for some amazing leaders and some really great companies. And in the business I'm in now with the negotiation training, I've been able to observe some amazing leaders and I've seen my fair share of poor leadership. So my advice would be based on my observation from the sideline and having the ability to lead a part of an organization would be to invest in your people. And I don't just mean money, resources. I mean your time, your emotions, your energy. Empower them to do the job you want them to do, to do and then trust them and let them do it because you can't do it alone. Wow. So invest in your people, empower them, and trust them because you cannot do them alone. Second, right. how do you define a big win? Yeah, so this is personal to me. A big win is measured by the amount of growth I get out of it. So whatever I'm tackling, I will measure the amount of a win it is for me by how much growth I get. And what's the most important driver to achieve growth for you? Huh. I would say for me, it's been to maintain and guard those relationships in my network, you know, and being there for people when life happens. And that has opened up. It's not only allowed me to give back and help people, but it's also opened up huge opportunities. You know, Eric, I love this answer because it's a huge insight to me is if you connect the dots from your definition of a leader, empower, trust, uh, sorry, invest, empower, and trust. 
and then you talked about big win is growth. So you want to win big. Okay. But then you're also talking about how we cross the finish line is keeping those relationships together, not breaking those, sacrificing those. I really think that all together, that was incredible wisdom. Thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. So most leaders rule out some obstacles from their mind. You know, top athletes I've worked with, they have removed the word no from their dictionary. What's the word not in Eric's dictionary? Yeah, so I went to school and I lived in Vienna, Austria for about four years. And the one word I continually heard <clears throat> was impossible. Hmm. And I could never accept the word impossible. And, um, you know, I firmly believe that life will give you anything you ask for, provided you're willing to work for it and invest your time in it. So I don't think anything's impossible. Love that. If Eric, today with all his wisdom from 2020, could time travel and go back and meet that young Eric, that kiddo just getting ready to graduate from high school, what would be one piece of advice you'll give that kiddo? So going back to that time after high school, I would say, and this is a, something you just heard me say, is you know you have one life, ask big, because life will deliver. There's nothing I, that I haven't received that I wanted. And the other thing I would say to myself is, before you make that big ask and start investing your time and focus, Define what success means to you before you start chasing it. Because I invested huge energy when I was uh, in college, chasing uh, what I thought I wanted. And I achieved it, but what I found was I was kind of, I had my ladder against, the, the ladder I climbed was against the wrong wall. <laughs> so I wish I would have backed up and defined what success meant to me earlier in life. Yeah, and to me, I think this connects so well to the third thing you talked about in investing people is understand your true value proposition. Because to me, I think as we are asking big, you know, life will deliver, we also want it. We also really need to, in that process, appreciate what we have. And my grandma used to always talk about, you have to, you know, choose what you want. But once you get, you need to appreciate because life delivers. I think that was, you know, in Bengali, she used to say that exact same phrase, and it was quite nostalgic. The moment you said life delivers, it just took mm -hmm. me back. Yeah. Finally, yeah, Eric, you're, you know, you're right. The gratitude piece is key. Mm -hmm. So finally, Eric, what I found is, you know, success, especially sustained success comes from a process. And you talked about process like more than, you know, most of us live every day. So are you comfortable sharing what's the first thing you do and the last thing you do when you're winding down from your work day that is sets up your day and is a process for you? Yeah. So the first thing that comes to mind is take the dog out. <laughs> the dog lets me know, but in all seriousness, um, what are the three things that I should focus on today that will change my life? Cause there's always, three things. There's probably 20 things that you should be doing. For me, there's only three that will change my life. Stay focused on those things mm -hmm. and let everything else fall by the wayside. 
Love that. And what's your last thought of the day before you're finishing a work day? Yeah, I, you know, these days, especially with what's going on in the world and, you know, being blessed to live in Colorado and, you know, in a small town uh, is really gratitude. Mm -hmm. Being grateful for what life has given me. And that's been really important lately to me. Thanks for sharing. And of course, I have to ask, what kind of dog do you have? You know, <laughs> tell me a little bit about your dog. Yeah, so we have a great Dane. He uh, burst into the room while we're doing our podcast. Uh, I don't know if he came on camera or not, but uh, yeah, you know, so he's big enough to put his face in your face while you're sleeping. So it's not always the most pleasant way to wake up. But you have no regrets because, you know, <laughs> real proud love in you. Yeah. Eric, this is fascinating. Is there anything else you want to share? Yeah, there is. Um, you know, I would like to encourage everyone to embrace more nuance in their life, in their discussions, in their thoughts, and be more kind and tolerant to each other. You know, we're all in this together, and we all see this mass polarization going on in our society. And, uh, you know, the truth is that everything is kind of flows in and out of the middle. So be open to nuance in every discussion because it's not all one way or the other. And uh, that's what I want to leave people with. Nothing about business, but it's something that's been on my mind. Yeah. And I think, you know, that was such an amazing advice. And I think we all need it and could use it. And I also feel that the point that you really hit home, hit hard right now was be open. Because if you and I, and again, you know, it connects to negotiation too, but I think I love the fact you broadened it about life is, if I'm not open, I'm not listening to listen to you. It's really unfair based on the golden rule for me to expect that you are listening and you're open to my thoughts because I really think what's in my control is me being open. So this has been a very fascinating conversation and you sharing from your heart about your definition of negotiation, it being a process. And not only that, you literally giving a glimpse of being gener very generously what it takes to be successful. And, you know, a few things that I will take with me from this conversation are, you know, one is it's a process. Both sides need to get satisfied. That's what a win-win is. Win-win is not I thinking it's a win-win. I also love the four steps you talked about, investing in people, training, prepare as a team, understand your value proposition because believe in it. Otherwise you'll be giving a lot of things randomly. And then also have a clear alternative as you start going through. And I'm really glad that we got beyond negotiation to talk about leadership because that's the part where your wisdom on invest in your own people, you know, empower them, trust them to deliver and know and live that you cannot win alone. I also love your advice to young Eric is ask big life will deliver because that I think was a really precious learning and also you taking this conversation beyond and sharing all with all of us, inviting us all, and even you know, 
very softly challenging us. Let's all be open because it's a little difficult right now. Little is an understatement, but I really think your advice coming from your heart, really appreciate it. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Arjun. Thanks for listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Please subscribe, share, and review the podcast with your friends. It's truly an honor to bring you these incredible wisdom, insights, and secrets from leaders from all walks of life and all over the world. Happy listening. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.